You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are back. We are back. So last podcast was the first time I ever did a live stream. All right, and today, I guess we we saw the first day, but you actually went back for a second day. So that's what we're going to cover today. Yeah, I had gone back. I was just going to play, and they had a spot open. So, uh, But it's really interesting because the first day, I thought I did pretty well. I thought I played pretty well the most of the entire live stream. I had one bet that I missed, but outside of that, I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I mean, all the hands I watched, I was thinking you were just playing just, I mean, like, the top of your game you know what i mean like definitely seemed like you were like in the zone whenever i was watching oh yeah i mean definitely which is weird because some of the hands i didn't even realize i was playing that well until after the live stream like that hand that we talked about we're not going to cover it again just because we covered it last episode but whenever you raised with ace high i thought that was just a super genius play on your part which everyone like the live stream thought it was cool everyone in the chat and the announcers and you seemed to think it was pretty standard but that's I mean, when you were playing like that, I definitely thought you were in the zone for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad. Keep that in mind because this <laughs> this Thursday live stream, if you don't like me, you're going to love that stream because I had plays that just were not great. I mean, it wasn't a w- horrible, horrible crap show, but it there were several ones I'd love to have back. I'll say that. Uh, so we... You know, we're just going to kind of dive right into the, uh, into yeah. the, into oh, them. Yeah. Okay, so the first <laughs> one. It's like the first hand that goes off the rails. Yeah, the first one that goes to shit. <laughs> so, there's, so we, we're playing the Nick game. Keep in mind, I have not played the Nick game before this live stream before, and I'm kind of getting used to it. And I over overdoing how it should be played. It should influence the action a little bit, but I'm letting it influence me way too much. Can you cover what the Nick game is just in case people haven't seen it before? That's a good call. It's a thing of, it's a break off of the stand-up game where, but on this one, everybody gets a button. And every time you win a hand and show, show this and show your hand, you lose the button. The last man standing, the last one with a button, has to pay everybody a certain amount. Right. But like we were saying, whenever you, um, that proportion of the stack, though, for this game, like if you get stacked, it's still a disaster for only, because it was only like, what, $20 a person, but you're playing so deep that like if things go off the rails, it's, you're almost better off just paying, what was it, like $80? Yeah, it was only I forget what it was, but you no, know, it's like just ten dollars a person. I think it was so. Oh, yeah, no, no, you're like but, it's eighty. Yeah, it's like basically eighty bucks. But you're letting it affect you in hands that are worth hundreds of dollars. In that's one what I'm hand. saying. Like, yeah, you, you torch a thousand dollars in hopes that you don't have to pay eighty dollars. It's a hundred percent. It's It's completely stupid, <laughs> and one hundred percent, I let it affect me that way. Oh, I don't. I don't say it wouldn't affect me. I'm just saying, like, it's when it's for that amount. It's, I don't want to say, is it not even worth playing at that amount when you guys are that deep? Well, I think it should influence the action a little bit, but it should influence, but it's hard 
for it to influence the action like the right amount, like five, like ten percent, like instead of like you're going way too far. So, and plus, you and I both have that issue where we like to overcorrect for things. So, I mean, I'm not, I'll probably, I would probably do the exact same thing that you know that you're talking about, where you don't want to. I mean. Because it's like a, a game as well, too. It's not just about the $80. I'm sure you also just kind of don't want to lose, too. I mean, a little bit. I, mean, I think so. It's a... Uh, so So this game is going on. Uh, it comes around to me. I open a, probably a little wider than I... Well, definitely wider than I would. But it's probably okay, actually, here with the net game going on. King 7 off from the cutoff. Uh, ooh, was there limpers? I don't, I don't like this if there was lumpers. I think it might have just folded to me. Uh, then I, the big blind calls. The flop comes. God, what did it come? It came ace, queen, seven, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. So, and no, okay. It was like ace, queen, five or something, because I didn't oh. pair my seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, so... I do a standard. Okay, what's up? it's never good when I'm like, "What would be a great blank card?" And it's the card you're holding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. I'm like, I'm like it was a name? complete brick, not uh, completely irrelevant to the other to all the cards. Wait, oh, it's the card you have. That that can't be good. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good blank. So Ace Queen Seven. I think this is a good bet, a uh, good board to see bet on heads up. Uh, there's gonna be a lot of misses, especially from the big blind who would be defending wider. I bet, I think, 50 into 110 or something. Was he playing the knit game as well? Did he have the button as well? He had the button as well. Okay. I definitely like a C-bet here. I bet 50 he calls. And it was 50 into 150? Uh, It was 50 into, like, no, like, it was, like, 120 or something. It was a li- It was about half pot, but right. not quite. So this is not your standard down bet that you like to do. This is definitely kind of... a little bit bigger, because I'm, it's... Worth it more for me to take it down. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, the turn is a jack giving me a gutter ball. So here's what got into my head the entire time. I bet from the cutoff. He called from the big blind. He's got a wider range than me. Uh, and since he didn't three bet, he's more capped than I am. I agree. I agree with all this. I mean, so I've got all the aces. I've got all the queens. I've got all the jacks. Uh, he probably wouldn't three-bet king-10, but I'm blocking uh, the straight. I make another bet, hoping to take this down here, because I feel like I have most of the stronger hands. I bet, and then he calls. So, going into the river, the queen pair, the queen pairs the board. This is probably a really good give-up card. The problem with the queen pairing is it makes it um, a really good bluff-catching card for him. Yeah. That, a, that's exactly. the real issue, right? So it's one of those things that sometimes in your, when you're playing a hand, you like get so like tunnel-visioned. Like My tunnel vision was thinking, this hits my range better than he does. But it kind of blocked in that tunnel vision all the other factors that should have come into play. This queen on the river, now if he has a queen, he's never folding. If he has an ace, his kicker just improved highly. If it's like a like ace-weak kicker, uh, I can 
probably get a jack to fold, but why would he have a jack? I mean, there's not even that many jacks he calls the flop with. I mean, this was really a card where I should have, like... Like, we can make an argument that I could actually fold that... No, no, I could actually check fold that turn because it there's enough strong hands in that range that would call that it probably should just give up there. But this river should have really bailed me out, and I do fire the third barrel, and he pretty much snap calls, which... With his hand, definitely makes sense. He had ace-10. His kicker improves to a jack. Uh, I do think I have it more often than I don't here, but it's this is not the board to try to get somebody off a hand like that, though. Looking at the hand from his point of view, it's a very standard call. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's a, uh, yeah I'm not saying it's a bad call by saying I have it oh. more than I don't, uh, but it's just, this, like, there's a reason he would call here, and mm-hmm. it's exactly the reason I shouldn't be bluffing here. Yeah, it, it's weird that you have such the analysis on it, but you still bet the river. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's easier in hindsight. Uh-oh. I mean, everything is. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I definitely, I definitely can look at it and see where I went wrong. And uh, it was just, like I say, it was one of those you get tunnel vision and you just like, and you kind of block out all the other factors, and that kind of happened to me here. I mean, tunnel vision. I want to get rid of the knit button. That's it, right? <laughs> like, Yeah, it's, yeah, I want to get rid of that knit button. <laughs> I mean, that's the tunnel vision right it's, there. Uh, so I was like, well, uh, so try to bluff and then did not, like I say, I don't mind a bluff not working. That doesn't make it a bad bluff. But the looking at it in hindsight, this was not a bluff, a bad bluff because it got called. It was a bad bluff because of the external factors of why you should be bluffing and when you shouldn't. And we were talking about this hand, or you just said earlier you could debate the term. I don't even mind the term bet. I just think the river was. Um, that's probably where the the good give up. Just with all the reasons you just pointed out. Yeah, the turn bet is probably... I don't mind it. I mean, it, like you said, it's close either way, but I think with the knit game being involved, I don't mind attempting another shot at it. Probably so. I mean, I think I can check and take... I mean, I do think I, I can get him off of a queen here. I mean, it's obviously, the queen is not paired yet. Right. So I think that was my thought is he is, like, the player that i playing against does have a lot of three bets with aces here. And so there's only so many aces he can have, and if he has a queen, I can take this down. Which, like, in theory, I do like. I mean, I think that's perfectly fair. Oh, no, like I said, that's why I don't mind the term bet at all. It's just, like you said, that river bet, I mean, that river card was just a disaster for this hand. Yeah, so... Which is so, so, so tough because it's like you had crafted such a play together, right? With you know, I mean, you raised pre flop at the flop at the turn, and then just to have like the plan just kind of crumble just on one random river card because kind of the yeah. worst, worst river card in the deck for you, really. Well, because when you well, I mean, and here's the problem is when you bet the turn, you've kind of you definitely like that, like I say, that train's rolling down the tracks at that point. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you had already like got the plan together and everything, like, and just. Dang, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of thing. But but that, yeah. But here's the other thing is once, I'm not even sure. Let's say it's a bad, say it's not a horrible river card. Let's say it's not a queen. It's like a random two that doesn't matter. Once I bet flop and turn, this is normally an ace here. 
So I'm not certain that even if it isn't a bad card, that I should be. Because if I'm thinking I'm going to bet the turn and get him off of a queen, then once I bet the turn and he calls, this is now pretty strong, and I'm not certain I should be barreling this river regardless. I guess just because you bet so much bigger on the flop, so it really kind of narrows his range down, right? Because it kind of makes him stronger just because instead of a normal down bet, you kind of bet half pot, which means he has a little bit better holdings. He's not floating you as light. Well, I mean, I think the question is, what am I trying to get him to fold on this river bet? I guess a queen or a jack if the queen didn't pair, right? I mean... I mean, he'd have to call a random jack. Oh yeah, yeah without yeah. without with two overs on the board. It seems like I mean, the only random jack he hits is queen jack. And that's or not good. Jack. So I he's mean, not folding that. Uh, like a queen. Yeah, he folds a queen on the river, but he might. He's probably folding a queen on the turn too. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I mean, I raise preflop. I have. I do have straights in my range. I have the ace in my range. I don't definitely don't think there's many. Okay, I will say this. I think once we get to the river, there's way more aces than queens. 100% agree. Yeah. So I mean, so basically, I'm trying to get him off of an ace, even with a good river. I mean, he might fold it because this is a third barrel is pretty strong, but it's going to be tough. So, and I, I will say. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's... Definitely something this hand was going to be tough regardless. Yeah. I mean, you happen to get the worst run out, but it definitely was not going to be easy. So, uh, that was the one hand that really hurt me. Uh, I then run into a hand where I honestly did not realize how badly it went until I just saw it just now. I mean, it was a week ago. And... It, I was so certain of how what the other guy had, I didn't even bother to look it up. <laughs> so I flop. Hey, that's how I know it's a good bluff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you had ace ten of clubs. I have ace ten of clubs. Somehow I was out of position. So preflop raiser. Uh, but I was a preflop raiser. Uh, so I bet. And. You must have been under the gun, under the gun one, maybe. Must have. So. Yeah, either, either way. Either way. Is I have ace-ten of clubs. The flop comes ace-king-seven. So one one caller. So it's heads up going to this flop. That's correct, yes. One caller, heads up, ace-king-seven. I have ace-ten of clubs. Two diamonds out there. I am pretty happy with this flop this is gonna oh, this is gonna hit me hit me this hits me pretty hard i bet about a third pot it's kind of my normal because uh, it was you made it 50 pre-flop i remember that i remember thinking it was pretty good size oh that makes sense i would three bet this that's how I'm, that's how i'm out of position oh were you in the big blind you three bet this out of the big blind yeah i think so yeah that makes a lot more sense uh so I bet my normal one-third pot, he calls. All's pretty standard. The turn is two diamonds. It's ace-king-seven, and the turn is a seven of diamonds. Kind of a disaster of a card for me, to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, because, uh, like, you, I mean, what's he calling with, I mean, a lesser ace? It's going to be tough in a three-bet pot to find something weaker than ace-ten. 
You know, so him calling, tagging along with a flush draw definitely seems probable. I think there's a, I think he has some eight sevens and stuff like that that could improve. Uh, so that's not great. The flush draw, obviously, an issue. I check it over to him, and he bets. Not loving it, but this is way too... I'm still way too strong to fold here. No, no, I agree. So, I end up making... I don't... Not even a tank call. It's a fairly quick call. Because uh, he bet pretty big, right? Like 125? He bet pretty big. It was like... I think you're right. I think it was It was exactly 125. I remember. Mm-hmm. Uh the turn the river is the two of diamonds making it four to a flush i have ace ten of clubs so ace king seven seven two with four diamonds out there i check and he bets 235 235 okay this is a fairly natural fold for me. I mean, there's nothing that I can beat here. So I have a theory on this when I was watching, because like you were saying that you got quote-unquote owned or whatever in this hand. Right. Um, I definitely think this is a hand that you're going to lose a lot of the time versus good players, right? Versus someone. It's really in his, um, the ball's kind of in his court to win, to, to take this one down away from you. Yeah. Right? So he's savvy enough to make this play, which I think just comes with playing bigger games where um, I think at a normal one, two, one, three game, like off stream or whatever, normal blind or buy-ins and everything. Right. I think a lot of times that guy just folds the turn or just gives up on the river or whatever. Um, I think there's just a good player. And I think, I think it was a good play by a probably a pretty savvy player that you're going to lose. I mean, almost every time and then nothing you can do. That's kind of my thought, because I was like, once he makes this I mean, if you're making this call. I can't justify. I mean, like, if I'm calling this, I'm calling just everything in the world. (laughs) Anything. Uh, So there's just no way to make this call, I think. I mean, it's one of those that it was a really bad river for me, and like you say, a really good player, if he takes advantage in this spot, is going to be hard. I mean, I don't really know what you can do to combat it. I mean, nothing. I mean, but, like, that's, like, one of the things, like – you know, when you get tackled in football or hit in hockey, that's just kind of how the game is. I mean, it's going to happen. I mean, if you're playing correctly, you're going to get tackled. You're going to get hip-checked or whatever. This is the same type of thing. I mean, if you're defending random top pair on this board, seems like you're just defending way too much. This oh, is yeah. part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I, I would say, like, getting owned in this is – I would say this is probably just a really good play, whereas – like, not that Blake didn't make a good play in my bluff hand, but that was more me screwing up, whereas this one's just more the natural, like, more just the a player making a good play. Yeah, and I think Blake's thing was him. His was more standard, where this play is more just, like you said, him capitalizing on a great kind of situation for him when you're out of position like this. Yeah. It's just, I mean, there's a reason why people don't like to play out of position. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. So... It's a, uh, so, I mean, you know, hats off to him. He made a good play or whatever. I mean, I, like you say, you're not going to win them all, so. I don't want to be, I'm almost, I mean, I think I'm happier seeing you fold than call. I mean, if you would have called, I would have just, I mean, like, this Clint just calling, every, I mean, I'm literally just overfolding, I guess, if, if everyone else is calling plays like this, so. Yeah, it would have been a, it would have been a bad call that happened to win. It's, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's a, uh, 
So that was uh, I so I go down so far in the stream. I mean, like I'm down quite a bit, and then I go card dead forever and a day. I do hit some pretty decent winning hands at the end that make a little bit of a comeback. Uh, but I was down. I think I ended up ended up down the stream 500. One thing that you're pretty good at though is when you're card dead, not getting mixed up with hands you shouldn't. Yeah, it's pretty that's ingrained and standard for me. That's something you're pretty good at, like not letting the tilt make you play lower uh, hands you wouldn't normally play. Yeah, I'm. You know, it's like well, I do so much like study and everything that you know. I feel like if I'm doing that, then at that point it's just gambling, anyways. I don't know; it's not really poker at that point. So, oh, hundred percent. I'm just saying. I think a lot of people fall in that pit hole, pitfall. Probably so. Yeah. It's a uh, now. Luckily, I actually went and played. I did not go to play on the stream, and I was up three hundred when I started the stream, so that was kind of nice. It uh, and down five. So I mean, and down five hundred on the stream. So over the two days, I was up five hundred. So I was pretty happy with those results regardless i mean i wasn't really happy with my play that day but if i'm averaging the two days out i mean i'm gonna take that every day if i can so it wasn't the worst but it was weird to have such a good day where i thought one was like i was like wow okay i might be better than i thought and immediately get humbled the next day (laughs) (laughs) how cool was it though being able to go back and see what everyone else had though how cool was that i mean it's kind of cool but not super cool because I would have just convinced myself that guy had a flush every day of the week. Uh, so, but you know, it is really cool to go back and see like, every, like where you were good, where you were bad and all that. That's pretty interesting. Cause it's kind of better. Like the times I played on stream, I've been super card dead. I mean, when I played at Paramount one, I was the lowest V pit by a mile and I won just like one gigantic hand. And that, and then I was basically just done the rest of the time. Which I mean, it's cool to win a bunch of money, and then, but it was kind of weird just to play that one hand and then just sit there for two and a half hours or three hours after and do nothing. But well, and it's weird because I am pretty like exact on like what I usually play and what I don't play, what I three bet, and doesn't really. I mean, it it varies a little bit depending on the table, but I mean, it's but I mean, it varies like a, it's very small on how much I vary it, so. But there is a little bit of pressure to play more on stream a little bit. Oh, 100%. So it's kind of, it's a little tougher. It is a little tougher, but yeah, like I say, it's one of those things me and you overcorrect so much that I don't, I'm very nervous. I mean, because the games on stream are big enough that, I mean, I can't really just be like, well, we're going to have fun because it's on stream type deal. (laughs) I mean, mean, if we were playing 1-2 and it's a max buy-in of 200, I mean, I'd probably feel the pressure a little bit more. But the games are big enough that I can't really just, I kind of have to play my actual game. I can't really just, you know, change that much because it's on stream. Well, especially because it seems like, at least in Texas, all the streams are more like shot-taking because they're definitely all bigger than the average game in Texas. Yeah, I mean, it's 1-3, but, I mean, on Wednesday, the average stack was, shit, well, maybe well over a grand. Oh, I was going to say definitely well over a grand. So, and, I mean, the raises and the three bets and everything went went right with it. So, like I say, the, it's you pretty much have to do your game, but it's a... Uh, but it was an experience. I was glad to do well on one day. I was glad to be humbled on the other. And, you know, like, if I can take a learning experience away from it, you know what? I'm 
I'm all good with that. Are you going to try to go back? Uh, my schedule is a little packed during the week now, uh, but it is definitely something that's in the cards for me to go back and do. They they uh, asked me to do uh, today, but I just couldn't make my schedule work for it. But it was a ton of fun, and I look forward to going back and uh, definitely battling on stream again. All right, we got to get you a Texas Poker Podcast t-shirt. Yeah, represent the brand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess... You said you played one other session, but took no notes, went in for a quick hit and run, 190 bucks and left, right? Yeah, I did do that. <laughs> it was, uh, I went in one, uh, well, I, I was going in there because I knew I didn't have much time. It was like Cypress Poker I went, and it was, I ran, went in there, won a little bit, and then didn't left. I mean, <laughs> I mean if you're going to run good, that's the time to run good when you can only be there for an hour. Yeah, I was like, well, I mean, this is what it is. I mean... <laughs> I'm oh, sure. you know, uh, there was one interesting situation that happened. You want to hear about it real quick? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We got time. It's, uh, I, I, knew, I know we might be up against it, but it's a... Uh, so, what was it? I was in a bomb pot, and I turned the top full house. I bet... I've started kind of betting a little bit small to try to keep... Not small, but I just don't pot it every time, because... You get that third person for the money. I've got very little equity. I've got top pair on the the bottom board. So I bet, and then just one person ends up calling. So the river comes. I still have top full house on the uh, on the board, and I've got just top pair on bottom. I don't do anything. I'm out of position, and the player turns over his hand and is like, I got trips. What do you got? What do you do here? Pot. <laughs> yeah. Well, I this so I'm like, what what's going on? He's like, well, he's like, you. I'm like, he's like, he's like, I win one, I win one, one of them, anyways. And I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm scooping. Wait, so, did you pot it? I didn't pot it, but I I bet fifty. Well, it's a little anticlimactic, but it's a. Uh, so he ends up calling, but he's like, he's like, that was kind of a dick move. Oh man, I would, I would have loved to bend you. <laughs> I mean, I would have had. I mean, so I mean, it was not a. I mean, it was 100%, not a dick move. No, right. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, you're winning, then you're right to pawn it. I mean, it's, well, not to mention, I felt like it was a little bit of an angle. Could definitely been an angle, especially because if you do pot it there, he's in a horrid spot with top with trips and I mean, I'm really not even a horrid spot. He probably just fold, but um, I mean, I I could definitely see that being a interesting kind of angle that you could take. Well, because I mean, I think he did it thinking that I, like then I would just check it to be nice type deal. Really, I mean, betting fifty was actually being actually still kind of that, nice. That's what I was thinking. It was a. Uh, well, I mean, at the time, I was like, I was kind of, I was kind of, it kind of caught me off guard enough that I didn't realize. But later, I'm like, it was a dealer who did it, who I'm like, understands. Like, I mean, obviously, it's a dealer who's dealt like 10 years. I mean, he understands what position, where the button is, and whose turn it is. So when he does that, I do feel like it's a little bit, I don't know. I mean, I, I would like to say I'm glad to hear you would have done the same thing. I would not have done the same thing. I oh, would have no. potted it. I okay. would have done something way different. 
Yeah, that's a. <laughs> I mean, that's what I should have done, really. A hundred percent. And when yeah. they say it's a dick move, all you have to say is, well, you shouldn't have shown me your cards. That's well, a dipshit move. <laughs> okay, I didn't go the dipshit move, but I did I did say I say, well, don't expose your hand. Yeah. I mean, if you don't want me to it's a uh so that was kind of a weird thing. I mean, he was cool about it after. I mean, it was like we were cool and we were talking about it after. So it wasn't he wasn't like argumentative about it or anything, but it was very it was a super weird situation though. Yeah, I mean, I cease to care if they're cool about it afterward. I mean, if you oh, want to show me, yeah. I know you don't care. Yeah, it's uh, so I thought it was kind of definitely kind of strange, but yeah, I was like, I forgot about that one. So. Yeah, so it's like he he was cool about it. I'm like, I'm more happy if they're pissed. So, well, you do a hell of a job. Then you're you must be a happy dude. <laughs> so, I guess on that note, this concludes the Texas Poker Podcast. Talk to you next week. <laughs> That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.